You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 67. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Tanner Waldus-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley for the last time. That's right, the man, the myth, the legend, Jim Smalley, will return tomorrow. But for now, you're stuck with me with Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and by Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, we're going to talk to Neil Townsend about a market Market update as we near about the halfway point of harvest here in Saskatchewan, as well as what the Bank of Canada's interest rate hike, how that will affect markets. We're also going to have plenty more, including a look at what's going on overseas in Ukraine. Russia's been in talks looking for numerous types of things, sanctions to be lifted. We're going to talk with someone about that and also have an update on cattle market and some news that was missed last week. All that and more, including the farm weather market update resource report, all in their usual spots. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today starts water. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Harvest in the land of the living skies is approaching 50%. With the halfway point set to be passed this week, we talked to Neil Townsend, a chief market analyst with FarmLink, to discuss how the markets are looking currently. Well, I mean, there's been, you know, the markets are fairly good. I mean, prices have come down, but I mean, given all of the pressures in the broader world with the macroeconomics and geopolitical headwinds that we face, the prices have held up, you know, maybe better than expected. And, and, you know, there is foreseeable risk in the future just because, you know, with high inflation and demand shakiness and the ability to pay in a stronger U.S. dollar, there is a risk that, you know, with a better crop in Canada that we'll see a further decline in prices as we go forward. And what are some of the factors that have led to prices holding up? Well, I think that, you know, farmers have been sort of, you know, undersold going into this season. So, you know, obviously there's a little bit of regret there because I guess if we'd sold earlier, our farmers had sold earlier higher amounts, there would have been, you know, that was at higher prices. But with them sort of being undersold, there's a little bit of, you know, companies need to acquire some product to sell to customers that on previous deals that they maybe already done. So there's a little bit of that. And then the other thing I would say is just that, you know, on some commodities, uh, there's been a little bit better demand signals out there. Uh, you know, we've seen some steady demand coming for some crops that we hadn't seen, you know, previously. And I think with, you know, knowing now what the grades are for the wheat and for the Durham and stuff like that, that there's a better ability to sell at this moment as well, because 
farmers feel better to you know start marketing something when they know what kind of quality they have. And the United States Department of Agriculture released a yield forecast update, and it looks like both corn and soybean crop estimates are going to be lower than I think expected. What impact is that possibly going to have here in in Canada and for those here on the prairies? When I do my analysis, I like fundamentals. That's like reading a supply and demand balance sheet. I, you know, you always have to keep in mind macroeconomics and geopolitics. But you know, in the last 12 months, we've really been talking more about geopolitics, you know, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and more about sort of uh, macroeconomics with, as you mentioned, the Bank of Canada and raising interest rates and, you know, the potential for recession and inflation and all that kind of stuff. The WASDE report that came out from the USDA, it's pure fundamentals, and it what it told us was smaller than expected U.S. soybean and corn harvested acres and reduced yields for U.S. corn and reduced yields for, um, you know, U.S. soybeans. And, and, you know, both of those crops, key crops, key determining crops to the world, you know, prices for grains and oil seeds are getting into precarious ending stock situations. And, I mean, if the fundamentals were allowed to play out, you know, just based on the report we saw today, we'd say, oh, you know, prices are going to stabilize and probably go higher because the job of the market now is to kill demand. But because so much demand has already been slug- made sluggish by, you know, Chinese policy or, you know, uh, the macroeconomic circumstances, the question mark is, you know, how much demand needs to be killed by increasing prices. Eventually, fundamentals are going to rule the day, but that eventually might be, you know, in the year 23, 24, or even 24, 25, or at the tail end of this year, hopefully. So it's a supportive report. And given all of the other news that we're having, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate for our American friends that, you know, they're not getting the yields they want, but it's a, it's a benefit to Western Canadian farmers today. We will have more with Neil Townsend after the break. We'll be right back after the five. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca and Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms and feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The Bank of Canada once again raised interest rates in the hopes that this time it'll crush inflation. However, it is expected that another interest rate hike will come sometime in late October. Neil Townsend, a chief market analyst with FarmLink, explains the effects that this could have on the markets. Yeah, and, and that's really the big drag and the big, the big sort of like storm cloud going forward is that we see this... Uh, you know, troubled sort of recessionary times and like a real drag in the market, higher interest rates. Uh, you know, we're struggling to get this inflation under control. And that's not just happening in Canada, that's happening around the world. And since Canada is so dependent on, you know, uh, selling overseas, you know, some of the problems of inflation and the stronger U.S. dollar has cut some of the, you know, 12-month demand forecasts for some countries, like including, say, a, a key wheat market like Indonesia, which traditionally would import, you know, maybe uh, it's been a growing market, but, you know, you would have speculated that they might be importing 11.5 or 12 million tons of wheat this year. And instead, the forecast is sort of for nine, nine and a half million, not just from Canada, but from all sources. And the main reason why they're not importing the higher amount is just the ability to pay because, you know, everything is more expensive and inflation has driven up the price. So, you know, they're looking for alternatives. And, 
you extrapolate that around the world, you run into problems. The second big thing, I think, from a Chinese perspective or a Saskatchewan perspective is just, you know, China remains committed to the zero tolerance policy on COVID. China has a lot of problems with their, you know, their property sector and their economy. Even their currency is appreciated to a higher level than we've seen in a while. And a stronger currency means that, you know, they might have a little bit, uh, or sorry, their currency is weakened to a level that we haven't seen in some time. And a weaker currency means that, you know, they're going, you know, that reduces their buying power for things that are denominated in U.S. dollars, such as, you know, fob canola from Vancouver or fob yellow peas from Vancouver or wheat from Canada, those kinds of things. And and that struggle again with that weaker weaker domestic currency, stronger U.S. currency is being played out in European Union, North Africa, you know, South America, multiple places, which just means that, you know, the importers, which Canada is so reliant on, are facing higher prices. And Neil, what else is important for our listeners to know when it comes to the markets? Yeah, I mean, like the one thing I would say is that, you know, we've seen some battlefield successes by Ukraine in uh, in uh, the war uh, over the weekend and late last week. Um, you know, one of the risks, I think, going forward, I mean, it could be beneficial, could be damaging to the markets, but, you know, it's how exactly are Putin and Russia going to, respond to those and i mean if we look at history he's probably going to respond in a in a grumpy sort of tantrumy manner and that means you know maybe a further escalation of the war by you know bringing out some different weapons or you know mobilizing more troops or whatever in russia or the second thing is you know he might target some of the you know, soft ways that he's been running this war. And that would mean like, you know, manipulating uh, the export corridor that was open. Maybe that will be slammed shut more sort of energy vengeance by restricting the flow of oil and gas to Europe. So, you know, on that front, I think that what happened this weekend and what's been happening for the last six months, do do that war will continue to amplify risk and create, you know, more uncertainty and volatility in the markets. That was Neil Townsend, a chief market analyst with $1,000. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Bernard Tobin here at the Farm Progress Show, catching up now with FBN Chief Economist Kevin McNew. Hey, you just finished up a presentation here talking to the media about some new data on the world nitrogen crisis you know, and the impact on fertilizer prices. Can you break it down for us? I mean, obviously that natural grass equation now and the impact on fertilizer nitrogen that we're seeing. Yeah, you know, I know our Canadian farmers are really looking at the price tag of uh, anhydrous and urea and all the things they need to grow those crops, and they're, they're asking them when is it going to go down? And the short answer is, I don't think it's going down anytime soon. We're in a huge natural gas 
crisis that is going to translate into higher fertilizer prices for the foreseeable future. So you mentioned some numbers, uh, 400% in the U.S., 3,600% in Europe. You know, what does that mean for, for trying to grow crops? Yeah, I mean, what the, what the takeaway is that, you know, natural gas prices are up across the world. And we all kind of know the backstory. Russia uh, constrained uh, supplies of natural gas. Uh, but really, you know, in in North America, especially in the U.S. and Canada, we are blessed with a fairly deep reserve of natural gas, thanks to a lot of fracking and oil production that's leading to natural gas. And that's beneficial in the long run because we're going to be able to have nitrogen when the rest of the world, especially Europe, is going to face really tough times. So in the last two years, natural gas prices in North America are up about 400%. But in Europe, over the last two years, natural gas prices are up 3,600%, a massive nine-fold higher increase in Europe. What that means is Europe manufacturers of ammonia, nit you know, nitrogen-based fertilizers, BASF, all the major players are pulling back substantially on nitrogen fertilizer. What about um, the future here? I mean, you mentioned there's opportunity here. Obviously, when you see the difference in those those markups and those movements upward, how are North American farmers, including Canadian farmers, positioned moving forward? Yeah, I think North American farmers are really in a good spot. And I know they don't feel like it because they're looking at their price tag. But in the long run, in the next year or so, we're going to see a huge reshuffling of crop production around the globe because nitrogen-intensive crops are going to be grown in North America. So we're going to grow corn, we're going to grow uh, you know, wheat and things like that that have, that have uh, more nitrogen intensity in these countries, where in Europe they're going to be very constrained because of lack of nitrogen and not being able to grow those crops. So I, I feel really strong that you know, North American growers are well situated because of our availability of natural gas hence nitrogen fertilizer. Let's talk about FBN now. I mean, you've been, uh, you, in this presentation, you talked about a nitrogen planning tool, something that you're putting together to help farmers make that decision on farm, what's the right way, you know, and uh, right. how much they should be applying. Tell us about that. Yeah, that tool's a really going to be a really insightful tool because it's going to get very laser focused on what is the right rate for my farm operation. It's very specific to a farm. And, and so, you know, with this much more costly resource, you want to make sure you're applying it the most effective way. So we'll have that tool shortly around that. And the other thing that tool does, it's a gateway to start to work into some of our carbon-based incentive programs where we're working with major grain companies like Archer Daniels Midland or ADM, uh, Poet Grain here in the U.S., you know, to really kind of build up this sustainable-based, carbon-based market program for farmers. So it's a really good starting point in learning about that. want to ask you about a survey you're doing as well. Um, just trying to get a sense of you know, what where prices are, where they're going, what are the trends. Uh, you know, a lot of talk about you know what I'm paying and what farmers in the next state are paying. How does that work, and how important is it to know that information? Yeah, FBN has always started as kind of a crowdsourced farmer-based network of farmers contributing data for their own benefit. And so this is a, an initiative where we're going to ask farmers what they're seeing for fall fertilizer values from their co-ops or their ag retailers. You know, we know that when we hear from 
farmers, their neighbor will get a different fertilizer quote than they will. There's a lot of untransparent tr trading and pricing that's going on, and, and we're trying to help lift that mask, if you will, and show transparently what are very local prices looking like from different farmers for, for the same fertilizer. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Water. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in with no appointment necessary or visit Moose Jaw Truck Shop. Com. Today it's sunny and hazy. The wind's going to be gusting to 50 with a high of 26. Tonight it's clear, becoming partly cloudy overnight. The haze is going to continue with a low of 7. Tomorrow a mix of sun and clouds, becoming cloudy in the morning. Wind still gusting to 50 in the morning with a high of 19 and a low of 10. And Wednesday we see a high of 19 with some rain scheduled for Wednesday night and a low of 10. The normal high for today is 18 degrees. The normal low for today is 4 degrees. Sunrise was at 6 29 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 7:20 tonight. Around the province at this hour, Estevan sits at 25 degrees, Moose Jaw 23, Swift Current 22, Valmarie is the hot spot in the province at 26 degrees, Weyburn 24, Yorkton 21, and in Regina it's 25 degrees. We'll be back. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Expert in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Discussions are occurring this week between the presidents of Russia and Turkey to see if there will be an extension of the United Nations deal to allow grain exports out of Ukraine. Right now, it does not look very promising, according to Don Rose, the president of U.S. Commodities. Some risk premium for the weekend again with uh, Russia, if you will, demanding all economic sanctions removed so Russia grain exports can move forward and going to meet with uh, Putin with a uh, Turkey leader to explore the possibility of do we move forward with that export corridor after the 120-day pack is over or not. So I think you have to bet that probably don't renew that export pack. Uh, maybe a little surprising did to start with. So, you know, it's a lot of uh, risk on type of trade here to end the week. We'll see if it's needed over the weekend. During a speech to the Eastern Economic Forum last week, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed importers were cheating on the agreement, saying Ukrainian grain was not getting to the poorest countries in Africa and other areas dealing with food shortages. Meantime, Putin will also be meeting with the Chinese president late this week in Uzbekistan. A senior Chinese government official said the meeting is designed to improve cooperation between the two countries on issues like agriculture and energy. And cattle prices are much better than one year ago, and a large part of that is continued strong consumer demand on both sides of the border, says Rose. 
so far the demand on beef has been terrific. The best of all of the proteins, surprisingly, beef's the best, followed by poultry, then followed by the uh, pork. And Wasco is a cattle market analyst based in East End. We talked so much earlier this year about a very disappointing cattle market here in, especially in Western Canada, where prices were really lagging back from the U.S. market and just largely because we had so many cattle placed on feed last year from the 2021 drought. So we've turned the corner, it feels like. Supplies are tightening. Cattle feeders are getting more current. Our cattle on feed numbers uh, on August 1 were down 3% from last year. That's the first time we've seen on feed numbers drop below a year ago in well over a year. And I think when Canfax comes out with the report for September 1, it's going to uh, show that trend continuing. So we're certainly turning the corner, and so cattle prices are coming up. The Fed cattle market's kind of leading the way. Um, averaging up over 180 last week, and that's the first time we've seen that kind of an average price in, in Western Canada for fat cattle since 2015. She compares slaughter cow prices to one year ago. Today, the average, you'd call the average probably close to $40, 100 higher than last year. You know, it's still hovering in the, you know, 113 to 115 area on the, on the D2 average. And again, the highest uh, slaughter cow price we've seen for this time of year since 2015. All of this comes at a time when the Canadian cattle herd sits at 12.3 million head, the smallest number since 1988. And just looking at mother cow, beef cow numbers down 2% at uh, 3.7 million head. And the other one that kind of jumped out at me was Western Canadian beef replacement heifers down 7% from last year. And that's the smallest replacement herd since 2010. And if you think that through, uh, logically, that's going to basically be um, locked in the fact that we're going to see a smaller cow herd again next year if our replacement heifers are down already. Wasco says the decline can be attributed mainly to low profit margins over the past several years. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, arcolabuildingsupplies.com. Two poultry farms in Alberta have tested positive for the highly pathogenic avian influenza last week, possibly signaling the start of an anticipated resurgence of the virus this fall. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has reported a case on the commercial farm in Sturgeon County, Alberta, on Wednesday, which followed a commercial a confirmed case, pardon me, in a commercial flock in the Athabasca County last week. While the number of new AI cases has dropped significantly in June and July, poultry producers and industry stakeholders have been bracing for a rebound on the virus with the onset of the fall migration season. As of August 31st, more than 2 million birds in Canadian poultry flocks have been directly affected by AI this year, with nearly a million of those birds located in Alberta. Meanwhile, in Saskatchewan, they recently saw a confirmed case in the rural municipality of Laird in commercial poultry last week. Most, provident, most provinces, including Saskatchewan, have not reported any new AI cases since May or June with the most recent case in the province happening before the one here in the rural municipality of Laird happening on May 25th. 
And 10-year-old Maddie Adamson, the star behind the camera of Learning About Egg with Maggie, was one of 70 Saskatchewan residents who have presented the Queen Elizabeth II Platinum Jubilee Medal. The medal honors those citizens who have devoted their time and effort to serving others in Canada, Saskatchewan, and their communities. In Maddie's case, it was her contributions and commitment to agriculture education. Learning about Ag with Maddie started as a way to teach her peers about agriculture and help fill in the gaps from farm to table. Since then, her videos have become an educational resource for anyone who has an internet connection and has garnered the attention of political leaders and prominent social media figures, including an invitation to the legislative building here in Saskatchewan by Premier Scott Moe. Despite the recognition, Maddie continues to focus on bringing educational content to those in the egg industry and help out any way she can on their family farm in west central saskatchewan the market updates on the source 620 ckrm sitting in for jim smalley here's tanner wallace gritner your market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Get everything you need to finish your projects before fall from Freeze Tallman. Looking at the latest Viterra price quotes, Durham 399.56, feed barley 292.87, canola 747.85, chickpeas 925.95, flax 627.67, lentils 704.50, oats 232.32, yellow peas 431.13, feed wheat 289.56. Six and one red spring wheat at 380.68. We'll be back with the livestock report. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842 4574. Now, here are the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Card. We had 2060. Cattle on offer last week. Good cows sold $3 lower. Cattle cows steady. All class of yearlings sold very strong. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows, $1 to $1.15. D3 cows, 75 to 95 Mature bulls, good. $1.20 to $1.49. Medium, 90 to $1.20. Feeder cattle, steers, 900 to 1,000 pounds. 225 to 237 and a quarter, 8 to 900 pounds here is 230 to 24375. 7 800 pounds, 240 to 255. 6 700 pounds, 250 to 262. Heifer steer calves, 6 to 700 pounds, 235 to 265. 4 to 500 pounds, 250 to 290. 3 to 400 pounds, 285 to 315. Heifers, 1,000 to 1,300 pounds, 190 to 206, 9 to 1,000 pounds, 215 to 220, 8 to 900 pounds, 230 to 227, 7 to 800 pounds, yearling heifers, 225 to 240, heifer calves, 4 to 500 pounds, $2 to 225, 3 to 400 pounds, 210 to 245. That's this leave bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Current. For further information, please phone seven seven three three one seven four. Good day and good marketing. Coming up next, the read today. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Sitting in for Jim Smalley. Here's Tanner Wallace Gribner. 
Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and by Western Egg Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Stats Canada says the amount of Canadians owe relative to their income moved higher in the second quarter as the level of debt grew faster than their earnings. The agency says household credit market debt as a proportion of household disposable income rose 181.7% on a seasonally adjusted basis in the second quarter, up from 179.7% in the first quarter. In other words, there was about $1.82 in credit market debt for every dollar of household disposable income in the second quarter. The increase came as households disposable income increased 1%, but household credit market debt rose 2.1%. Stats Canada says on a seasonally adjusted basis, households added $56.3 billion of debt in the second quarter, including $48.7 billion in mortgages. The household debt service ratio, measured as total obligated payments of principal and interest on credit market debt as proportion of household disposable income, was 13.63% in the second quarter compared to 13.34% in the first quarter. On the markets, the TSX is up 217 points, the Dow Jones is up 210, oil is up 90 cents to be trading at $87.69 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is up 30 one-hundredths of a cent to be trading at $77.04 U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Wallace-Scribner. Jim Smalley will be back with you guys tomorrow. But for now, that's been Saskatchewan Agriculture. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.